If you are interested in starting your own podcast, we use Buzzsprout because it is simple and easy to use. Buzzsprout can get your show listed on every major platform while giving you the resources for a great podcast website, audio players that can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening to your podcast, and tools to promote your episodes. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and that is why over 100,000 podcasters are already subscribed to Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Following the link in our episode descriptions lets Buzzsprout know that we sent you. So in return, you will receive a $20 Amazon gift card from Buzzsprout while signing up for a paid plan. Most importantly, every subscription through our link is always appreciated and helps support our show so we can continue delivering the quality content that you guys listen to. That being said, back to the show. Hello and welcome to Comic Book Junkies. I'm Andrew. And I'm Joe. And this week we're coming at you, no book review, nothing like that, no news, just straight up collecting, a little bit of investing, our favorite part of the hobby, you know, collecting. We like new books. We love old books, which is primarily what we're going to touch on today. And we're just kind of going to, you know, give you a little debriefing on our little philosophy, our mantra, what we do and what gets our rocks off when it comes to buying these books. So Joe, um, whether, you know, we have seasoned vets listening or maybe we have people a little wet behind the ears, what's a good place to start as a collector? A great place to start, I would say, is identifying key issues. To define a key issue in a comic book, I consider to be a key issue is usually the first appearance of a comic book character. Um, That's a bulk of what I enjoy collecting. I know it's a broad term. For example, a certain writer or artist could have made their mark on a book, which made it a key issue. For example, maybe something by Stan Lee or Neil Adams as a writer or sorry, as an artist. It can be something as small as a new costume, like in Daredevil issue seven, when he got the red costume or an important story arc or even a classic cover and a death in the story. So there's a lot of things that identify as key issues, but from what I have found personally, it's the first appearances that are usually the most important books to pick up. So that being said, I also think it's important to know your characters. Everybody knows Batman. Everybody knows Superman. But finding the characters that you enjoy that uh, you may not know much about is a great way to start investing because coincidentally, first appearance of more obscure characters are usually a lot more affordable than first Batman or Superman. So it's a great way to get into the medium, even if you like those mainstream characters, just finding something a little more unique to you is a good way to start. How about yourself, Berger? I was just going to you know, step back because I agree with everything you say. I am like you. I'm a key hunter primarily. I, you know, I like to buy other stuff as well. Um, and when it comes to keys, uh, I mean, you may know this already. You may not. I don't know exactly who I'm speaking to at the moment, but there's a lot of bullshit out there, too. People are, you know, they try to sell you high. Like if you uh, frequent the eBay or, you know, even go to a comic book shop, everybody tries to market everything as a key nowadays, because obviously most people are like us now in that mindset. So, you know, beware, buyer beware when you're buying a key, because sometimes people get the wrong number. Sometimes it's like willingly they're trying to dupe you. And then, you know, you like stupid shit like Spider-Man join the Avengers like for the second time. Like it's like, okay, bro, how minor and obscure does it have to be? And then to bounce off of knowing your characters, 
years. This kind of goes into my overall philosophy of what collecting is in general, because it's not always about the money and it isn't necessarily for us. I would say at least for myself, and I'm pretty sure Joe's in this with me, we're collectors of, you know, the hobby first and foremost. But at the same time, we don't just want to, you know, take up all of our space with like dollar books and, you know, have to get a U-Haul and, you know, take it to the storage unit and then let it sit there. And it's just a shitload of 90s books worth nothing. We want, you know, when we're spending money, we want something that's cool that we enjoy, but we also want it to, you know, appreciate and value. We don't make bad investments over here. So, I mean, that's just us. I mean, if you want to go ahead and get like a whole like 90s run of X-Men where there's maybe a key or two, go ahead. Like if that's what you like, it's all about collecting what you like, because otherwise, what's the point? Don't just buy what's hot because you're going to get taken for a ride. And if you don't feel comfortable getting stuck with that book, I would I would recommend not buying it in the first place. Life's too short. Get what's sweet. Screw all the fad bullshit because there's a ton of it, namely variants. I'll just call that out right now. Didn't like it in the 90s when I was like not born yet. And then uh, up until I was like five. But screw it. Like I wasn't collecting back then, but it wasn't worth it then. It's definitely not worth it now. And second prints, third prints, fourth prints, shove them up your ass, bro. I mean, unless it's like legitimately like the first appearance of that character for some reason, you know, there's exceptions to the rule, but almost never. Like you're not catching me willingly buying a second print, third print. Like, oh my God, I'm going to ride the lightning on this one. It's like, no, bro, you're just going to have a piece of dog shit sitting in your box and then you're going to have to move all your other books because it stinks. And you're like, why did I buy this in the first place? So, I mean, that's just a tip from me. First print cover A, stick to your guns. But, you know, like I said, collect what you like. If you don't know what you like, try and find out. See what's cool. Try all the characters out. But just buy what you like and you'll be much better off in the long run. It's important not to overthink it. You mentioned uh, second covers, second prints, uh, variants. Very seldom do they actually maintain their value and they're really hard to get rid of. So stay cheap, buy the regular first appearance cover a i think that's a good way to go and then to touch on a few things you said knowing your characters a good way to do that is to watch the movies and tv shows that's a good idea for you know getting to know some more obscure characters especially disney as a uh is hold on marvel so i'm sure they're gonna move forward with a bunch of fantastic four and coincidentally you know silver surfer and black panther like those comic books have gone up dramatically they kind of go hand in hand with each other but something to keep an eye on i suppose um and it's a good way to get interested in the hobby yeah but also buyer beware then too because everything is just astronomically high like when it's you know when the movie's about to drop six months before it's about to drop like we don't even know when the x-men movie's coming we just know that it is gonna come eventually and that's already driven books up to new highs so i mean you got to kind of time market um, right now is a bad time if you're getting into it because I mean, shit, seven years ago or, you know, that when I was kind of, you know, dipping my feet in whatnot, things were affordable. I mean, my budget was small because I was broke ass, but, you know, everything that's like a grail level, like a grand right now was nowhere near that. It was almost half or even less than half. Sometimes I've picked up books personally, like a giant size X-Men granted a few extra staples. It's a little faded, but solid Jape got it for 115 bucks somewhere around there, which is, you know, silly in the first place. But that same issue is going for roughly a grand right now. So it just kind of tells you where the market is. Some people say, oh, it's pandemic related. Everyone's got corona 
Corona dollars from the gov. So everyone's going and spending it there. There's a bunch of, you know, people who are outside the hobby, you know, your traditional investors, they're kind of buying up different assets. Now they're diversifying. So, you know, I don't know when the market's going to quote unquote correct itself. I would ex- expect it to come back down eventually, at least a little bit, probably not pre-pandemic levels ever again, but who knows? It's pretty cyclical here. Uh, new books and old books, everything, you know, works its way out, just like the stock market even. So it's just a matter of kind of timing the market is most important. That and if you know you're after something in specific, just hound eBay, save searches or just check every day, newest listings. That's how I get half of my books and I get them for less than half of market. Otherwise, I wouldn't have shit. And uh, I mean, it's really just how dedicated are you to getting a specific book, especially when it comes to key hunting and good luck on bids, dude. I get sniped every day, so there's no shot. I was going to say that I get a majority of my books on eBay. I prefer to get them in the comic book store because there's just something about the feeling of finding it in person. I think it's so much more fun doing it that way. But when you have your mindset on a certain book that you want, like, for example, at the beginning of the year, I really wanted a first bat girl. You can't just walk into a comic book store and buy a first bat girl. So you really got to scour eBay. So what do you do on eBay to help find the books that you like to collect? Yeah. And bouncing off that, if you're already, you know, in on eBay, another thing that they made a little bit more difficult, I'd say, to search for books is that they changed all the categorizations of comic books before you used to just click collectibles, comics, and then you can go ahead and search by era, Silver Age, Golden Age and all that. Now you have to go like down and on the side. It's like comic book memorabilia and all this other shit. So it's a little bit harder if you're just kind of perusing like a certain era of comics, which for me, I like to frequently hunt Silver Age and Golden Age almost exclusively. If there's a specific bronze book that I know I want, I'm just going to look for it by name or in the store. But I can be swayed on a number of things that are Silver Golden Age. It's where I think the best investments are. And personally, I think Golden Age specifically is slept on. I mean, everybody knows that. Well, if you're me, the uh, coolest shit came out in the Silver Age. And most people kind of, you know, obviously know that that are in the hobby. So all the first appearances of major villains, you know, first appearances of characters are all then. And the Golden Age is just kind of left by the wayside in a way. Obviously, all the major keys like first Superman, first Lex Luthor, you know, the first Riddler, stuff like that are already through the roof. And you're not going to sniff those anyways, unless you got at least like three, five grand, whatever, dude. But I think there's a lot of deals to be had, especially if you're like a Captain Marvel guy like me. Because I think that that's one of the last few places you can find like solid deals. Because I mean, think about it. These books are from the 40s. They're not making more of them. And I'm pretty sure most of them are ripped in half and, you know, used to pick up dog shit. So I don't know. A lot of kids would bring home comics and their parents would just throw that shit out. So that adds to the the scarcity of things. You know, it makes the comic books more rare. So in turn, if it is a popular comic, it's going to appreciate pretty well, especially because of the low print run back in the day. I do think that there's an un tapped market in the golden age because everybody thinks of only the most iconic characters coming from the golden age so because those are untouchable they don't get any books from the golden age especially because they're hard to find in a comic book store too but when on ebay you can still find some decent prices on some random golden age books
books, which is pretty cool. But I thought it was interesting that you search by tabs on eBay for when you collect your comic books. So what I do is I find a character that I like, I search it in the toolbar. And then what I do is I filter it from highest to lowest. And I scroll down until I see like where my budget is and then see how many people are looking at that book. And then if it's something that's like, you know, a lot of views and like people are interested in it, I make sure it's the right book. And then what I also do is I search for that book and I also look for copies that have sold recently. So it doesn't matter what they're asking for. You can go by and see how many copies were sold for what price. And that will give you an idea of what kind of offer you can make the seller depending on what they have it listed. Obviously, if they have it astronomically high, they might be doing it on purpose to give themselves some wiggle room, but you kind of want to find something close to your budget so that when you do make an offer, it's a better deal for you and you can feel better about the purchase. So that's kind of how I scalp eBay. Or you could be stubborn as hell like me and you can just see like a number on the screen and you just hit make offer anyways. And you just pick a number that sounds good to you, like a good, like even one. And you just say, yeah, they should take that because they know what's good for them. And then like sometimes... he probably thinks it's an even number. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> and dude, You're it's wild. honestly worked. It, it's worked more times than not. So I'm just like, either they're dumb or I'm like dumber. So I don't care. So I'm just shooting from the hip all the time. I'm like, well, that's seems like fair price to me. I'm not basing this off of anything. Like, I mean, I look at the market in like a broad term, but like, I'm not putting in nearly the level of like research you are. I'm just like, wow, I like that book. That seems like a good book for me. That looked cool in the box. Oh, you're asking all 275. How about 220? And they're like, wait, no, how about 265? I'm like, why is their best offer then? And I'm like, don't just take $10 off the top, bro. This ain't a haircut. Like, Give me the book, which also this leads into something else that is very near and dear to my heart, actually pricing, especially on the bay slabs versus raw slabs. You're paying a premium for whatever you're getting. And I don't really agree with it. Granted, you know exactly what grade you're getting. Yippity doo da day. You know, if you crack it and re-slab it, it may come back a lower grade, may come back higher. That's the gamble you take. Personally, I'm all about that paper. Fuck the slab. If you're about it, I don't know what you want to do. Go chuck it like a Frisbee in the front yard. I like to flip through the damn thing and, you know, go sniff that old ass paper. And then, you know, put it in a nice new Mylar where it looks nice and glossy. And I put it in a box to be ignored. And I don't know about you, but I'm not about, you know, seeing it through some faded plastic. I'm a raw dog over here. And I'm pretty sure Joe's a raw dog with me. And the raw dogs ride out, dude. We'll buy and crack every fucking slab we see. And we won't apologize. It won't even spit on it. <laughs> oh yeah brother fuck them slabs but uh if you're real passionate about it that's weird especially when you're talking about cgc more than your own wife but you know what that's fine i don't care about the turnaround time you know what turnaround time a raw is forever dude it doesn't need to go in paper in fucking florida and have some weird guy mangle it and with his cheeto fingers and then send it back to you and you pay fucking 100 bucks a book and you're like oh man this is so sweet it came back lower than i thought it's like oh no <laughs> what an investment the thing with slabs is an unpopular opinion, but I don't think they present well. You know, the book kind of looks like, I don't know, they, they put it in some weird plastic on top of all the hard plastic.
plastic and you don't get slab books often. It can't even sit with your other books in your comic box. And so that's kind of weird too. And so you kind of got to weigh the pros and cons. Like, are you doing it for investing or are you doing it because you like the book? Now, slabs can be nice when you're buying on eBay because you know exactly what you're getting. So if you are new to comics, I get the comfort in your purchase. But I recommend just doing your research first, because if you can buy a raw book in that same condition, it will be much cheaper. I guarantee it. If you do buy a slab, always blue label and then crack it out the slab when it gets home. That's that's what I say. ASAP and amen. So yeah, I mean, there's so many ways you can collect. I mean, obviously, I'm being a little over the top. I mean, I do really hate slabs, though. That is on God. But uh, don't take offense to it. Otherwise, you're just being soft, dude. It's fucking plastic casing. Shut up. Collecting is what you want it to be. Um, And like Joe said, you're either paying a premium on a slab or you probably get a deal on a raw book. Uh, granted, it you don't know exactly what it's graded, especially because everybody on eBay or in the store is pretty hands off. And they're like, I don't really know. I'm not a professional, but here it is. If you want to look at it, it's kind of up to you. And I probably grade a little bit higher than I probably should. So I don't know. But, you know, there's a gamble with anything you buy. Just make sure that you got both eyes open, that the covers are attached. It's not missing any centerfolds, which seems to be like a big fucking issue nowadays. Like I can't buy a book anywhere without it seeming like, you know, fucking ooh, look, it's like a six of a Silver Age book looks good. Oh, the centerfold's missing. That's why it's, you know, a lot less and, you know, no one fucking wants it. So it's like, I don't know what everybody was doing with centerfolds in the day, just like pinning them to their door like it was a poster. But uh, I I think the important part is to know your budget and to get the right book. The older the book, the probably more expensive it will be. Those are kind of my favorite books to invest in because they've shown long-term growth. That's how I collect. Some people are in for short-term collecting. So you kind of got to identify what kind of collector you want to be, but they're kind of like the day traders of the comic book world. Like unless that's your full fucking job, your full-time job, like it's not worth it. I like to play things in the long-term over the long run. And uh, some people will, as soon as they hear about like a movie or anything like that, they'll pick it up and flip it right when it gets hot. But that's too much much playing around for my liking. I just like to invest in books that I enjoy and know that they'll appreciate long-term because they've already proven to appreciate long-term. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just kind of passive investing on our end, you know, just keep accumulating and getting the coolest shit possible. That's what I live by. I mean, I bought all of my books to where if I were to sell them, I can make an immense profit. That doesn't mean I'm going to. I'd kind of like to, you know, hold on to them and probably die with them knowing me because I'm stingy like that. Just get what you like. I said it earlier and I'll say it again. Like it's a lot less painful. It's it's just like when the stock market goes down and you start panicking and you, you know, you start selling everything off. And then what are you left with? Just a bunch of resentment towards like, the market and whatnot. So it's like, don't buy losers and you won't feel like a loser. Just buy what you like. But you know, I'm going to take like a complete like segue here and just get off this topic and ask you a question. If you could get any book, not even necessarily for investing, but just to have that's not action one, the first Superman or detective 27, the first Batman, what book would you get? And why would you hold on to it? It's a good question. I put some thought into that, even though I didn't know you had asked that today. And oh, no shit. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I think you know the answer, though. It's going to be Action Comics 23, uh, first appearance of Lex Luthor, because what got me into comic books is Smallville. 
And even though people hype up Heath Ledger as being like the all time greatest villain in a story or whatever, I thought actually Michael Rosenbaum as Lex Luthor was the coolest thing ever because it wasn't a movie. It was a TV show. And episode to episode to episode uh, during the first few seasons, he was so interesting. And uh, so what got me into comic books. I even thought he was more interesting than Clark in the series. Um, so I'm a big Lex Luthor fan. And uh, if I can get my hands on a first uh, like Sleuther in comics, uh, that would be like where I, I could stop comfortably. I would still probably pick up minor keys or I'd probably have to saw off my collection to get something like that and then recoup it. But like that would be like my uh, my ceiling. Uh, what would yours be? I think you know the answer to that as well. I don't think there's anything more obvious like ever. Uh, Wiz Comics number two, which is technically the number one, but you know, numbers are hard. So they started off with number two. First appearance of Captain Marvel, or as you may know him now, Shazam and Dr. Savannah. So, I mean, obviously I'm holding it because I'm a big Shazam guy. I mean, most of the past two years, what I've been buying is starting a golden age collection. You know, I have like the weird three app for first appearances of like Mr. Mind. I already have a Mary Marvel. Um, I want to get a Captain Marvel Jr. and I want a Black Adam. If I can ideally, if I could at least get the Captain Marvel Jr. and the Black Adam, I'd be comfortable stopping. But I mean, all time grail book like I could comfortably, you know, quit, like you said, is definitely a whiz, too. I mean, it's my favorite book that I don't have. So it reminds me of that saying in uh, that comic book that we just read, uh, Identity Crisis, where Batman's just like, I can stop, but I probably won't today and I probably won't tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it do be like that, though. It's like, honestly, like if you are a kid, well, don't don't listen to me. But like, honestly, it's probably cheaper to do drugs than to collect comic books. It's just <laughs> I'm not saying to do that. I'm just saying that's just where the hobby's at now. So, I mean, you know, if you're coming into this shit, you better like have some like fat pockets or at least think you do because sometimes i don't I, I just walk around like i'm the monopoly man i don't care dude i'm just like wow i could easily buy that book right now it's like yeah but i need to fix the sink but it's like <laughs> is the sink gonna be this price forever or <laughs> you know it's, it's like opportunity cost if i don't buy it now i'm losing money and that's how I spin it to jazz. Sometimes I tell her, I'm like, hey, I'm saving money by buying this book. But am I really saving money by spending four hundred dollars right now? So, <laughs> you know, a dollar uh, saved is not a dollar earned in this case. A dollar spent is a dollar saved. So, uh, you know, that's math for you guys. Yeah. Burger didn't major in math. I, I want to trust the numbers, but trust the process for sure. What's interesting about comic books, too, is that there can be titles that are so printed that like even if it is a first appearance of a cool character like it won't be worth a lot of money but like as soon as like Swamp Thing came out in House of Secrets nobody was collecting House of Secrets and so like that book had such a low print run that when the character developed like a cult following kind of the same as Moon Knight um, yep. it just blew up and then on the other hand there's characters like Deadpool which I'm not a fan of actually probably my least favorite character in comics um, exactly Exactly. Had a high print run. And so the book should be like worthless, like few bucks. And uh, the popularity of the character itself just drove the book through the roof, like to actually like key collecting pricing 
And so it's weird how comic books work, but uh, there's always exceptions to the rules. Like by and large, like what we're saying is just generalizing, but you'll find a unicorn or, you know, a few out there. Um, There's a bunch of books that logically don't make sense in terms of, you know, scarcity, rarity, popularity that are worth much more than you would imagine. But the market works in mysterious ways. And honestly, I wouldn't question it. You just kind of got to deal with it. And also, even when you think you get a good deal or you pay above or whatever it is, no matter what you're paying, just remember you are paying market price because that is what it's sold for. So uh, keep that in mind. Don't get too slick. If you could say one title had the most key issues and money wasn't a thing, what would you put your money into? Are we going back from like stuff that started in the golden age on down or just sure? Anytime? Well, if that's the case, I'd have to go. Well, shit, that doesn't really work either. I'm torn between honestly the run of Detective or Amazing Spider-Man's first volume because Spider-Man all the way up until, you know, I mean, technically like the 300 ish area before it started to kind of drop off in like terms of keys. I mean, there's the newer minor keys like Agent Venom and, you know, this, that and the other. And I don't really fucking care. But like, you know, silver all the way through bronze, all bangers, even random issues, just filler issues are worth collecting and are worth money. But then you got to think about like Detective or I was all Batman itself was on the tip of my tongue. Uh, but Detective has like first Batwoman, first Martian Manhunter, first Batman, first Riddler. I mean, those few books alone are worth like arguably as much as any of the Spider-Man books since they're Silver Age, like in comparative grades. But also you got to think about Detective with Man Bat and, you know, Batgirl and there's so much just cool shit that happened in Batman. And I'm sure I'm missing others, but the point is not to, you know, recite every single goddamn book. I don't know. It's kind of tough to say. Where What would you think? I was thinking Spider-Man because the floor is already high on the Batman stuff. And it is on Spider-Man too. But because it's earlier than Batman, I think that like if you could afford any issue one through 10 or the first appearance, obviously, regardless of how the comic book market shakes up, um, whether like these things are useless 50 years down the road, I think the first 10 issues of Spider-Man will always stay uh, relevant. Oh, you know what? I'm fucking king dingling right now. Yeah. When it comes to investing in a certain series, yeah, I'd probably have to go Spider-Man with you. I just totally ignored that first part. Uh, Yeah, no, Spider-Man for sure, actually, because I mean, right now the floor is like immense. It wasn't this way a few years ago when I started collecting the first 10 issues of Spider-Man. Granted, I'm missing, you know, one, two eight and eight nine and ten i think but i mean i have like what three through seven which at today's prices isn't gonna really happen again honestly i mean i know you picked up issue five like what two three years ago maybe and we thought we were it was a little high then sort of but we you know found good deals both of us thankfully and now it's like that book's worth five times more than what you paid for it at minimum and it's just like like you said like spider-man's popular worldwide you can go to india or you know wherever the hell and you'll probably see some type of spider-man something so i mean he's one of the probably the most popular character worldwide especially with the prominence of marvel nowadays yeah i mean it's about as safe as investment as you can get remember when we went in that one comic book shop when we were a little younger and there was that uh italian guy that we figured out was not italian 
and uh, he uh, <laughs> said he sold like uh, the first few issues of Spider-Man to uh, Eminem. Yeah, dude. Every guy in the Detroit area said they did that. And I'm like, OK, bro. I'm like, oh, whatever. But yeah, they're all probably liars. Too. But the, the principle is there. The frustrating part, though, is that the floor is so high for books nowadays. Comic books in general, it's just it's hard for any new people to penetrate the market. It would still be easy to collect uh. modern books, but the <laughs> but the uh, <laughs> the fun stuff to collect is the first appearances, and they're all older. Back in the day, when you and I were in high school or college, we can go to a comic book store and pick up like a big key for fifty bucks and be like so proud. But like the buying power, you can spend two hundred dollars nowadays, and it's kind of like an average key. It's just wild how things have changed. It is a little frustrating for us to like recommend investing in comic books when it's just such a different platform than when we started. And I'm sure that was even heightened since like the generation before us. Right. Even if you don't even like to invest or you're just like passively collecting or, you know, you just like stories for one, probably the average person or like the normal person who's not a freak. How one, how do you even go about finding comic book stores? When I met Jazz, she didn't know that comic book stores were still a thing. So one, that's an issue Two, distribution. I'm not getting into the whole logistics of the industry, but you literally have to go to a comic book store or you can get those dumb looking things at Walmart. I mean, who's that helping, um, especially because they're hidden and then you got, you know, neck beards coming in and rifling through all of them so that kids can't even try them. So it's OK. And then uh, nothing's affordable anymore. I mean, kids don't have allowances. They have iPads and they sit on their ass and are bratty. Uh, you know, back in the day, a kid could just be at the corner store and there'd be a book on the shelf for 25 cents. Your mom could buy you two or three or whatever. Who gives a shit? Buy four for a dollar. Now you have to buy one for four or five dollars. It's like, well, for what, a half hour of entertainment at the most? To anybody with a logical brain, it makes no sense. Like, why don't you just, instead of buying three books a month at 15 bucks, why don't you just get like HBO Max and just watch a shitload of TV and movies? Comics themselves are just nowhere near they were back when they originated. And I mean, you know, everything with comics is just, you know, willy nilly nowadays. So, I mean, it's just hard for new people to get into the hobby, which is a little annoying as somebody who loves the hobby and knows that more people would like it. And also, honestly, just, you know, you got to scratch your own back. Just make sure that your investments are safe. If no one's interested in 100 years, what is your collection worth? That's what I was about to say. Like, regardless of the market, similar to the stock market, they're safe investments, right? So I think generally speaking, anything golden age or silver age that's considered a key, despite the price that you purchase that at, is probably... A good long-term investment. Uh, I mean, they started at like 12 cents, right? These are comics that have appreciated over time. And although sometimes the growth is really, really slow, especially because it's damn near impossible to get your money back by selling it to another comic book store. These are books that have appreciated in value over time and will likely continue to do so. Usually I don't recommend investing in collectibles because another reason they appreciate is for nostalgia. The generation that grew up with that stuff a few years later down the road will pay whatever the the asking price is to buy into their childhood, right? But when those people start getting older and the next generation comes, like that stuff's kind of irrelevant to them. And so like it's hard to say what the long-term speculation in comic books is 
I'm not going to have all of the answers for you. But a lot of parents, like I said, didn't like their kids reading that stuff. And so they threw it out. And there's there is a lot of scarcity to the stuff. So if you do get like a key issue that's Silver Age or Golden Age, I don't see that ever depreciating, even if the comic market takes a total hit. No. And honestly, we've talked about, you know, this entire episode, we've kind of talked a little bit more about investing than I had assumed, I guess we would it just it's easier to talk about that, I suppose, because otherwise, we could just sit here like Beavis and Butthead and go, eh, guess what I got, and, you know, swing our dicks around and flex like everybody. But you know, a good way to get into seeing what's cool, especially if you want to collect or invest is to go to Instagram. Um, Instagram's kind of like the hub of where collectors are right now. I know there's some Facebook groups that you know, I kind of lurk in, but those are more so selling pages and stuff like that, which I've never bought from some random guy off Facebook. Maybe it's cool. Seems a little bit riskier for me than I'd like. But peruse Instagram. There's thousands of pages at this point, specifically ours, though, at CBJ pod. We post key books there. Usually it ties into our episodes or, you know, just kind of flavor of the day type deal. But we post books. We interact with people who like books. Um, and it, it's a fun little culture to get into. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of nerd squabbles. Um, everyone's always right. Talking about a second print, a variant, CGC, Slabber Raw. <laughs> What's the next movie? And honestly, don't argue with the nerds. If I mean, if if you are one of the nerds that argues, cut it out. But it, I mean, if you aren't already a arguing nerd, then don't get into it. Don't even bother with them because you're just going to feel dumb. So just get what you like and just kind of observe and, you know, kind of wave and smile, you know, like a neighbor. But you know what? You know, get <laughs> get what you like and, uh, you know, kind of to make it more of like a personal spin. You want to talk about some of our top five books in our collection? Just kind of talk about us real quick. Not necessarily investing or anything like that. Just, you know, what do you think are like the coolest books? Maybe they're worth the most. Maybe they're not. I know mine aren't all my most valuable books, actually. So I'm kind of interested to see what you put in. Yes. So I'd say maybe like three out of the five of my top five would be my most valuable. But I got like one or two that aren't necessarily worth the most. Probably still decent return, but it just personal to me. So my number five would be Venom. I bought that book for like $200. The asking price was 200, but I remember um I traded in my uh Batgirl for it cuz it was missing the top corner and I just couldn't live with it. I, I kept looking at it and I'm like sweet to own. I got it for a good deal, but it's such low grade that I can afford to buy another copy somewhere down the road. And I pulled some other books together and I think I paid maybe like $20 out of pocket, but uh, I went to some comic book store. They had a very clean copy for a very good price in my opinion and so I put some of my personal collection towards it so that I could get that book because that was my first like major key I would say that that book's really important to me plus I love the artwork on the cover I think it's one of the most iconic covers in comic books and so between me being born in the 90s and loving Spider-Man and that being my first big book I would say that would be my number five. My number four would be Craven the Hunter, just because it's a really old Spider-Man issue and it's super clean. When we were in college, early college, they were still expensive back then. But I remember pulling all my money together to get that book. I wanted to get in on either a Mysterio or Craven the Hunter. And I, I probably should have picked the Mysterio. But for some reason, I bought the Craven. And every time I thumb through it, it's uh, it's one of my favorite books to to look at. 
my number three would be my first appearance of Supergirl. It's an issue that I would look to upgrade sometime down the road because it's not a very clean copy. But Asking Price has been the most expensive book in my collection. That's another thing where I put like $300 down in comic books and then bought out the balance of it because I just had to have a Supergirl because Superman's my favorite and I can't afford a Lex Luthor. The Supergirl was important to me. It was at a Comic-Con that I attended with Burger, And so that's something I hold near and dear to my heart also first appearance of metallo so it's just like if you're into superman that's the action comics issue to get when you've been collecting for a while my number two would be swamp thing i remember i got that book right before it exploded and i got a pretty clean copy of that guy too when i first started seeing my girlfriend she helped me purchase the book and uh, because i have that memory with her and it's such like an offbeat character in like dc that it's something that i have fond memories of always and then my very favorite book in my collection has to be my punisher there's no sentimental value to it as far as like buying the book i bought it on ebay just offered some guy on a best offer and he took the offer but there is sentiment to the character though when i first started collecting my brother sat me down with the first four issues of the punisher which is a marvel comic but i started when the uh, New 52 started, um, which was a bad time in comics. But Marvel actually had a pretty good run on the Punisher that just started at that time, coincidentally. So I was collecting mostly DC, but a little bit of Marvel. And because I remember that being the first book I collected, and I just remember it being like something I brought home and I was thumbing through it. And I was like, whoa, this shit's actually really sweet. I've always wanted a first appearance of the Punisher. It's also a Spider-Man book. So I have always had to have my hands on a copy. And I I, I put the money forward for it, but it was definitely worth it. And it's uh, already been one of my best investments. So what would be your top five, Burger? That was a really good list. And I like that you wrote a novel for each one. I don't know that I'm going to be that deep. Mine was really tough to kind of deliberate. Um, I have a large sum of books that all have kind of sentimental value. So it's kind of a bummer to leave them off. But, you know, if we got to pick five, some of this may be recency bias on some of them. Some of them are just like the magnitude of the deal I feel like I got. So this is top five, but that doesn't mean I don't love the rest of my collection. So, you know, coming in at five, I'm going to put Justice League of America one. So that's like a book uh, I got in the last year, like, well, last year. Didn't expect to get it. Just kind of perusing eBay pretty much constantly, like day in, day out, uh, you know, at least like three times a day. I was just like, hmm, someday it's going to fall through to me. And uh, I'm, I skew pretty heavy as a DC collector, even though I have a probably honestly, you know, even split between DC and Marvel. I like to fancy myself a DC collector. So it was just cool getting the first issue. Um, I'm a big fan of first issues, whether it was like I used to have an Iron Man one, a Silver Surfer one, you know, I want a Green Lantern one, stuff like that. Just something about a number one just gets me going. So and it's the first appearance of Despero. So it's a cool double whammy there and an iconic cover. I'd say number four, uh, my giant size X-Men. So I've kind of neglected this one for a long time because as I mentioned before, it's kind of got like a few extra added staples. I mean, for a big square bound book and it's got, a, it's a little faded, but it doesn't present that bad at all. I would say, I remember at the time I was just like yearning for it. I'd go bother my girlfriend. I'm like, oh man, I want a giant size X-Men, but they were so much then. I mean, we had Juan on the episode a few back and we mentioned how he got a giant size X-Men at the same comic book store that we frequent. And he got it for such a deal, like such a good deal, just a couple hundred bucks in like a solid mid grade. 
And I've been envious of that like the whole time, pretty much. But uh, I got mine shortly before him. And, you know, I wasn't sniffing anything for like less than 200 bucks until I did. And, you know, I was just in the philosophy of low grades better than no grade, which I've I still believe in to a degree. But I like to kind of get a, a four or better now in most things if I can. But, you know, it's the first appearance of Storm, Nightcrawler, Colossus, and it pretty much changed the game and revived the X-Men from the dead. So, you know, a little bit of nostalgia there for me back when I used to really want something and you know kind of getting it number three I'm gonna switch up and go with action 242 uh Brainiac so arguably my biggest book in a sense um we also touched on like the weird story of what happened to it which pisses me off to this day but that also doesn't change the fact that I got an $800 book for like 300 so I said fuck it you know what I'm buying this it's you know it's not perfect it's lower grade like probably 1.8 to a 2 maybe it presents a little bit better than that other than the weird chip at the top that's unexplainable but you know it's it's a cool book it's one of my first superman keys honestly i had a superman's girlfriend lois lane issue one um, which was one of my big bangers for the longest time which was also kind of random until i got this and seeing as what they go for now i couldn't part with mine unless i knew that i was directly replacing it so i just really like that one number two is my werewolf by night 30 so it's my moon night i got that like maybe a couple years into my relationship with my girlfriend she actually surprised me with it on christmas day she knew i wouldn't shut the hell up about it and apparently she got it for a pretty good price i mean you know she won't tell me so i hope she didn't spend too much but she maintains that she didn't especially when i tell her what they're going for nowadays so you know just the sentimental value of her you know going above and beyond to get me arguably one of the coolest and one of my favorite books in my collection. You know, it's never leaving the box or anything like that. Uh, so I really appreciate that book, especially with all the, you know, the prices now and, you know, there being a TV show in production. So I'm pretty pumped about that. And number one, Captain Marvel Adventures 18, the first appearance of Mary Marvel. So, I mean, it obviously has to be number one because one, it's the girthiest in magnitude. It's the most I've ever paid for a single book. And it's from the 40s and it's the first appearance of Mary Marvel. I mean, I don't really need to explain much more about that because it's also the first appearance and origin of the Marvel family themselves. Yeah, enough said. I mean, I'm a big Shazam guy. So yeah, those are my top five. I mean, I had to leave out some, but you know, I feel pretty good about that for a mix of reasons. So yeah, I mean, those are just a few of like the books that we like. If you want to see more of our books, uh, you could check us out on our page, CBJ Pod. I post some of them. I'll go through our pages or, you know, through our collections and I'll post them there. Or you can find our personal links in our uh, bio, jzonka95. That's right. And yeah, and then you can find me, which is I don't even know my own handle, which you know what? I'm not even going to shamelessly plug it. You can find it from our page. So, you know, if you want to look through like more of our collections just to kind of get a feel for like what books are or, you know, what looks cool, I guess you can do that. But yeah, my overview would be when events are going on, attend Comic Cons, uh, visit a good comic book store. You can definitely tell the difference when you walk in. If it's all modern. Just get out of there. <laughs> um, follow social media accounts like us, our personal accounts or other people's accounts on Instagram that post books and look for trends. If there are themes, you can follow those themes and find those books on eBay and not just what they're listed for, but how much they sell for. I like to watch for auctions, but I like best offers. Maybe start with a pull list 
don't go too hard. If you're starting into the medium, pick up something that you think you would like. Sometimes use Comic Book Roundup because they use all the diff- different websites that review comic books and give it like a final grade between all those websites. So I feel like that's like a comfortable medium between everybody who's reviewing it. And so that would give you a good idea if something is going to be good or not. Um, because if you're new to collecting, it's hard to know who's a good writer and who's a not a good writer, other than if you were to like listen to our podcast and talk <laughs> about like what we put in our poll. Yeah, so do your research on keys. Maybe start with the poll. Um, slowly work keys into your arsenal, but then I... I promise this medium is really, really fun and something you can do for a lifetime. I know it's a buying hobby, kind of like shoes or anything else that people tend to collect, but it's definitely brought some joy into my life and we're so passionate about it. We're doing a podcast on it and we're 26 episodes deep at this point. So definitely something that we enjoy. I don't know if it's because I just grew up with the stuff, but I really enjoy it and I see myself doing it for a lifetime. And if you can find writers or artists that that you enjoy, I'd say just collect books that they make. Likewise, you know, co-sign everything you just said. And I'm just going to expound on a couple of them before we wrap things up here. So yeah, definitely attend events and comic cons. That's probably the most fun and exciting thing you could do, especially as it's the newer it is to you. We hit up, well, you know, pre-Ronies. We used to go to the Motor City Comic Con pretty much yearly. And, you know, we'd go in there and we'd get our grubby little fingers and my armpits would be sweating and I'd be like, God, that nerd's guarding that box. I want to go look at the fucking wall comics. Why won't he move? And, you know, I'd do that and I'd skulk around the floor and be weird and like <laughs> look like a child looking for his like lost parent. But really, I'm just looking for comics. So I would do that. You know, Joe and I team up and we're like Beavis and Butthead, like I said. And, you know, we just go and go, that looks cool. Should I spend all my money on this right now? And then, you know, we gas each other up. We make a good purchase and then we leave promptly. Do that with your friends if you have them. If you don't get some, you know, visit a good comic <laughs> book <laughs> <laughs> visit a good <laughs> visit a good comic book store. I agree with Joe on that. I don't know where y'all live. Y'all kind of all over the place, especially you, France. I don't know what the comic scene's like over there, but you know, still shouts out France. I see you every week. I respect you. But the rest of y'all, you're kind of scattered across the US and whatnot. I don't know what the scene's like by you. Uh, there might not be a lot of shops, especially if you're out in the middle of like Iowa, Idaho. I don't know what the hell that's like. Is there a cornfield with like a little stack of books? But you know what? You know, find a good comic book store. Um, it's better than just doing a mail order service if you can, because obviously, you know, there's nothing like being there, you know, b- being able to peruse, you know, as long as you ain't like in a neckbeard shop, the smell of like new books or old books. There's something about it. Just the whole ambiance. So have a good comic book store. We, we have a few in like Southeast Michigan. Again, Joe's kind of more in the middle of the state a little bit. So he's got a little bit less to pick from. But like we said, we got the weird Italian guy who's not Italian. That store is weird. He's got a shop dog type person who just follows you around and he makes you feel uncomfortable. So we don't really like going there. I'll plug them even though it's going to be unreciprocated. Big Ben's comics is kind of like when I like to look, I go hang out there. Uh, I mean, I know the owners and whatnot, and I shoot the shit with them. They're nice people. Uh, and they run a good business. You could probably catch them online too, which I think is also key to being a good comic shop is having an online presence because a lot of them around here are pretty dumpy, especially if there's weirdos behind the counter. Just turn around and walk away. Like Jazz and I went into one comic book shop that we wanted to try out. He had every week sorted out in the uh, long boxes. It was sorted by week 
for both every company and then he comes out of the back and i thought he wanted to like tie us up and eat our skin like he was that creepy bro i was like so if you encounter people like that just promptly leave as for following social media like i'll plug it again cbj pod instagram cbj podcast facebook hit us up there there's a bunch of other people too but i'm not plugging them because i don't have to and then yeah get a poll read new books if that's what you like in my opinion there ain't shit coming out that's good um so just get immortal hulk and the new robin series at dc that should you know suffice and if uh you're too late in the game get the trades of immortal hulk because that's probably one of the only modern books that's worth catching up on and yeah find writers and artists you enjoy just co-sign on what joe said because art nowadays is pretty ass um i mean that comes from a guy who can't draw but can see <laughs> the art is not great especially at certain companies marvel so you know ignore that uh and then uh the writers don't Find people who write every character the same Bendis or, you know, Scott Snyder. Um, and then, you know, find people that you do like. I mean, if you like those people that I just mentioned, you shouldn't. But it's OK. Everyone has their own taste. But yeah, it's just, you know, you have to fall in love for it yourself. It's like an addiction. You know, you have to accept that you need help and want it. That's kind of how falling in love with comics is because it turns into an addiction. So, you know what? You got to make yourself fall in love and then you can't fall out of it until, uh, you know, you like get married and she says no or you get divorced and she makes you sell them all off. So, you know what? That's fine. <laughs> That's what you do. So, yeah, I mean, I did a long winded spiel right there and I probably lost everybody who was remaining. But you know what? If you heard it, God bless you. I thought I was done talking, but you brought up something very important. So... <laughs> <laughs> Hulk is on its way out, but Robin is on its way in. As we're recording this, only one episode's out. By the time you guys listen to it, probably two episodes or two issues out. But damn, did that first issue hit. If you can still get a copy, I would even pay whatever uh, more than the cover price is because I think that's going to be a series to, to collect moving forward as far as modern stuff goes. And if you have to pay more than cover, shame on you because we told you a while back on Return to Spec Corner that you're supposed to be catching Robin number one because we we knew not only because spec and we don't even like modern spec, but you know what? We'll play your games. But you know what? It's also just a genuinely good read, which is what the strength of spec corner is. It has to be genuinely good. It can't just be a fad, a.k.a. Miracle Molly. Go fuck yourself. But yeah, I mean, I've spoken too much this episode. I've said my piece. Do you have any parting thoughts before we sign off? I'm good, dude. So what do we want to talk about next week, Burger? Next week, I say, you know, let's kind of stay off the, you know, book review type deal and let's do something different again. How about we debate? I'll be Marvel, you be DC. You think you can handle that? I could handle that. I'm about to come at you with facts and energy and probably more energy than facts. But you know what? Fucking stand up, bro. Yeah, I can hang in the kitchen, dude. I'm sure you can. And you know what? I'm going to get out the kitchen because it's too hot in here. And I got to save my girl from our puppy. So you know where to find us. CBJ Pod on Instagram. CBJ Podcast on Facebook. Comic Book Junkies on YouTube. More importantly, you already know since you're listening. So tell somebody. Tell your mom, your dad, your neighbor, your postal worker, your dog. I don't care, dude. Just tell one person if they like comics or don't. 
Tell your waiter, say, oh, can I get you a glass of Chardonnay? No, you can get me a download for my friends on Comic Book Junkies because they deserve it. And you know what? It'll probably be a hit and everyone will love you and they'll throw you a parade. But you know what? Do that. Rate and review us because it helps us with the algorithm. <laughs> Ew, gross. But really, it does. And you know, if the algorithm helps us, it helps you because then your favorite show is more popular and that's good for everybody. So yeah, other than that, I'm all good. Any remarks you got for our bound of fans, Joe? Sounds like a win-win to me. Download our content, get more of it. Couldn't have said it better myself. And with that, we appreciate you guys for tuning in yet again, and we'll catch you in a couple weeks. Till next time. Later.